The Florida Gators are traveling to take on the Missouri Tigers in a game that is going to break my heart. We're going to talk about that here and so much more on this Locked On crossover edition of Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters and all you Florida Gator fans as well. I'm John Miller with the Locked On Mizzou podcast. And joining me today for a crossover edition is Brandon Olson of Locked On Gators celebrating his alma mater's big comeback last night. Matching, baby. Toledo took it down. Yes, the Gary Pinkle connection. So there's some love here between me and Brandon. No question about that. Also one of the best sense of humors on the network, in my humble opinion. Brandon, good to see you, man. Good to see you. I, I gotta say, I'm very happy because I messaged you during the game. I was just like, if, if Connor Bezlag is the reason that Toledo <laughs> <laughs> loses this football game, I'm taking it out on you and then halftime 28-10 and then thankfully, thankfully, uh, trophy, I-75 trophies back home in Toledo. So yeah, I'm, I'm great now. And then this weekend, I'm going to be really rough. That's going to. Well, I'm happy to be here unscathed this morning. Thank you, Connor, for not blowing it for me. But you know what? We got plenty to talk about here on the show. Of course, Missouri and Florida. I I do want to remind you guys really quickly, though, that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. And as Brandon kind of alluded to there a little bit, obviously Missouri fans riding high right now, big victory over Tennessee, ninth now in the college football playoff rankings. Been a little bit of an up and down season for the Gators. I would say defensively, it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, they have a pretty experienced front, but a young secondary. What are you worried about for this matchup going against this? What's a pretty high-powered Missouri offense? Uh, everything, literally, just just, just everything. Uh, and we were talking about this off-air, and shout-out to Gator Dave for, for giving this stat out, but against Tennessee, Cody Schrader had 205 rushing yards two SEC players have passed that 205 rushing yards this year. It was Ray Davis against Florida and Jaden Daniels just last week against Florida. And I understand quarterback rushing is way different than a running back running, especially when most of the damage that the quarterback did was scrambling with Jaden Daniels aside from that one read option. But I mean, this is just a Florida Gators team where your defensive line in recent weeks specifically has been getting pushed around and it's not just, Oh, oh, you're playing these high caliber teams like LSU and Georgia. Arkansas's offensive line pretty much had their way with Florida too. I'm expecting Missouri's to kind of find a good bit of success there against the Gators. And linebacker plays dropped off significantly. Start of the year, they were playing solid. Now it's just fallen off a cliff. Losing Shamar James is a huge, huge disadvantage for Florida. He's out for the year. This is this is not going to be a fun game if you're looking for hard-nosed defense from the Florida Gators team, because Cody Schrader's been going off. And and I I will say this. I said this last year, too. 
Brady Cook didn't get enough respect last year, and he's gotten way better this year. So he's someone that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not looking forward to this uh, in terms of it's going to be a fun game. Yeah. Not really. Well, that is kind of the thing is Missouri can hit you with the traditional tailback runs. Of course, a lot of outside zone stuff, but Brady Cook can run the ball too. No doubt about that. He carved up Tennessee in some really key moments of that ball game on third downs, keeping drives alive, moving the ball. Even even when Missouri didn't score necessarily, just getting out of the end zone, getting it up to midfield and flipping field position that kind of stuff. But so what, what do the Gators do best defensively in your opinion? <laughs> nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing whatsoever. Huh? It, I mean, you look at coverage, their two starting corners have given up over 750 yards combined uh, on just 31 completions. They just get bombed on every single, I, I guess that's what we could say. They're not giving up the short stuff. They're just giving up huge deep plays. Uh, if that's what you want to say, it's tough because this is a, Florida Gators defense where they're very young and you can see that when they play and you can kind of take solace as a Florida Gators fan to go, okay, Jordan Castell in the running for a freshman All-American. You got quite a few guys on this defense where they're true freshmen, they're playing and they're promising there. But in terms of on the field production right now, there's just not much. Prince Leumann Mielin as a pass rusher, he's the guy. There's no one behind him. You look at linebacker play, been bad. Secondary, chalk up safety play to being young, but your outside corners are a, a true junior and a redshirt junior, and they've been just the Achilles heel of this defense. So I, I truly cannot tell you what they do well. This is, I, I said last year and the year before that were two of the worst Florida Gators defenses that I've ever seen. This year's very much in the running for the worst defense I've ever seen from Florida. You know, it's just really surprising to me as as somebody who's obviously followed college football for, for decades now. It's just unusual to imagine a program like Florida being unable to recruit defensive players. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's plenty of options in that area, fertile recruiting ground, to say the least. I, I know Dan Mullen's recruiting was not necessarily up to, up to snuff. Are you still putting a lot of this on him? Or in year two here is a kind of time, especially in the transfer portal era, is it maybe time to start putting a decent bit of it on Napier? Yeah, I think it's fair to put a decent bit of it on Napier. I mean, you look at Jalen Kimber starting outside corner. Billy Napier brought him in. He was uh, in that transition portal class. He came in from Georgia. He's a guy there. Jason Marshall, sure. We, we can we can chalk that one up to Dan Mullen and development. And also, personally, I just don't think that, uh, that, that he's got that work ethic to develop at the SEC level. High-ranking recruit hasn't panned out with multiple defensive coordinators and corners coaches now. Uh, so I think that, yeah, it's fair to put a good bit of it on Billy Napier. You look at the interior defensive line, all Napier, whether it's portal or high school recruiting, all Napier. It's, it's fair to put onus on Billy Napier and put blame on Billy Napier for what's happening right now. I just think it's also important to also acknowledge the uh, the cupboard is pretty barren when, when he came in to Gainesville. And, and I get it, trying to piece it together. Portal approach has been poor. High school recruiting has been great, but it's the SEC. You can't really go, oh, we'll just keep recruiting high school now when everybody else can bring in these juniors. And right. you, you have to adapt or you're going to die. Right now, things aren't looking great for Florida in terms of the adapt or die scenario. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's fair to to shrink the amount of time where it's fair to judge head coaches these days. At the same time, at least from the outside looking in, Brandon, it really seems like Napier is doing a strong job recruiting on the offensive side of the ball at the very least. And and to me, we're still we're a little over halfway, almost to the end of year two here, obviously, a couple games to go for the Gators. Just seems way too early to me for any Gators fans to be thinking about the next coach. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it also just doesn't make sense. Like, like we've talked about this before. I get it. You you want quick change and you want quick progress. And and you can see teams turn it around quickly because of the portal and everything. But like this is a situation where even if you want them fired, ain't happening, buddy. Florida's just not the kind of school that's willing to pay 37 million, whether or not they have the money irrelevant because they wouldn't spend it even if they did uh so they're not going to do that you got this recruiting classes that are coming in dj lagways one uh, i mean you got a five-star quarterback coming in you can't really just go get rid of the guy that brought him in and all these weapons that we're excited for offensively there's areas that need change and to me this is the offseason where we find out if billy napier is ever going to be up to snuff because he's acknowledged we know we're going to make some coaching staff changes after the season. We're just choosing to wait until after the season to do it. We acknowledge our transfer portal approach last year wasn't ideal. We're going to make changes to that. You say you know that you're going to make these changes. This is the time where we find out, Billy, if, if you make the changes, great. Maybe you got a shot. But if you stick with your little, I don't even know what to call it, approach, you ain't going to last in Gainesville. Yeah, I, I really think that's fair. I, I absolutely think that's fair. I think it's too early today, but hey, yeah, give him this offseason, give him next season. I think we'll know probably even by the middle of next season, honestly, if, it, if it's really going to work out for Billy Napier in Gainesville or not. I, I, I'm kind of on the fence if I think it's going to or not. You know, again, it's it's got to, it's sort of like we talked about Jimbo Fisher a little bit, honestly, off the air, and we both kind of think his buyout, that whole thing was crazy. The point is, though, you got to find that quarterback and if you don't you might find yourself looking for a job and hey speaking of looking for a new job Brandon I think you got something you want to say on that front yeah a little bit uh, these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business or SEC program and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available Billy that's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So add your job, whether that's special teams coordinator, sorry, Billy, game changer, coordinator, offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, whatever you want to add, just please just add it immediately. Put the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring with simple tools like screening questions. Makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And now it is time for the game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And oh, man, I, I, I think I'm going to go out on a little limb here and say that the game changer of the week for Missouri is probably going to be Cody Schrader and that the game changer of the week for Florida, I'm going to put it on Scooby Williams. Um, I'm going to say linebacker Scooby Williams is the guy that we got to talk about there because 
you have a good game, Scooby, Florida has a decent chance of winning because you got to stop Cody, you got to stop Brady Cook, and it's going to be a pain. But they can change the way, they can change the game the way that Athletic Brewing has changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy it online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply, and Athletic Brewing Company is fit for all times. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 the streaming channel and you just might see Brandon and I over there streaming our shows as well so obviously you can't get enough of us well, that that kind of goes without saying but obviously you can't get enough of Florida and Missouri content either and Brandon I guess we should move to the other side of the ball a little bit Graham Mertz the transfer from Wisconsin one of the games I saw for Florida, a big-time comeback win in, in South Carolina, in Columbia, South Carolina. How's, how's Mertz fared this year for Florida? I got to say, it is – I think you're in a rough spot as a program. This is not meant as disrespectful to Graham Mertz at all. I think you're in a rough spot as a program when you go, oh, thank God we have Graham Mertz. Um, because Graham has been a, a godsend at this point, truly. Like From coming from Wisconsin to Gainesville, I said – He's going to be better with Florida than he was with Wisconsin, partially just because he's out of that 1905 offense. He's going to get to actually throw the ball, run play action, all that fun stuff. But he has just been in incredible when you consider what the expectations are. He's still an average quarterback. He's got great accuracy, short, can't push the ball deep very often. He's not a great dual threat, but he has been just far and away better than, ex than expectations were. And this is, we're talking every day, basically, on Lockdown Gators about can the Florida Gators get bowl eligible? You're going to Missouri, then you host Florida State. You don't even have that conversation if you have basically anybody other than Graham Mertz there because you don't win that South Carolina game without him. Lord knows what other games you might lose. You put 22 up on Charlotte. Lord knows what other games you might lose without Graham Mertz. So he's been average to above average this season deathly accuracy short but he, he's been the guy he's I, I can't complain about him too much when especially when I look at what the rest of this team is doing yeah from the outside looking in it seems like Mertz has been absolutely what you said for sure been honestly he's been better than I expected because like you said he's been better for Florida than what I saw with Wisconsin I definitely do think yeah, like you say, the, the 1905 offense, that's a pretty good comparison. I might have gone 1995 and been a little bit more generous, well, but either way, they're, they're 30 years behind. I'm with you. you. Know, my, my point with 1905 is that No, I love the hyperbole. I'm just oh, yeah. I'm, I'm being, I'm being serious, though. Yeah. Forward pass wasn't legal till 1907. So yeah, there that's, you go. That's where I got to bring it in. <laughs> I, I really got to hammer home. That's true. Everybody... Let's let's be factually correct here, Brandon. Yeah. Come on now. Everybody on that <laughs> offense that belongs in prison has always been my point. That was, what they did to him was just horrible. 
Well, I, I think uh, I think this season has proven your point quite well, in fact. But, you know, I'm curious, Missouri, what they do defensively is pretty predictable at this point. It's really – it's been effective, and I think the last few games when they've played their most effective defense, they've kind of gone back to the, the simple, hey, let's just play man-to-man and bring blitzers a lot. How does the Florida offense generally do against fairly tight man coverage and pressure? I, I think that – that's the issue where we talk about that South Carolina game. Like South Carolina tried doing the same thing. South Carolina was cover one, cover zero, and they're gonna they're gonna send the house and try to get you. And Graham, I mean, again, led them back. They they had that comeback. Graham had an awesome game. I think that that's one of the very few reasons I look at this game and I say Florida has at least a chance because if you can put up points and I, I do think that Missouri's defense is better than South Carolina's, even if the scheme is similar, I think Missouri executes, it's better executes it better. But if you look at, you know, you, you put up 41 against South Carolina, Missouri's probably going to put up a good amount of points against Florida. So you, you have to look at, can this Florida offense keep the pace? And I think they can. It's just a matter of, can you do it consistently? We talk about, the LSU game, Florida, end of the first half. I have no problem with just running the ball, getting into halftime there when LSU had no timeouts. They couldn't stop the clock. They were scoring at will. No issues with it. But then you come out of halftime, and you're completely flat. You, you just come out three and out. You punt. Can't have those happen. But for Florida, I, I think that if you – I can't believe I'm saying this. If you lean on the passing attack, I think you have a genuine shot at winning this game. Your offensive line for Florida, though, it's bad. Hayden Hansen, starting tight end is, I mean, I, I, I make jokes with him on and off air. He's offensive lineman six at this point with how often he's in pass protection. Running backs, not great in pass pro, but they've gotten better. But I think you got to keep in extra blockers against Missouri and your receivers just have to win Out, outright. Ricky Pearsall, you're going to be in the NFL, maybe having a thousand yard season this year. First time in Florida since 2002. You have to win your battles. Eugene Wilson, the third, we talk about him as five-star incredible freshman. You got to win your battles. If you even want a chance at winning this game. Yeah. It just feels like one of these games where if Florida hangs in there early, they might have a shot, but if they get down early, I just don't have a ton of confidence in their, in their desire to come back. Is that fair? I don't know. What, what's your big concern? What do you want to ask me about this game is what I should be asking you at this point, really. Yeah, I mean, my, my big concern here is just how Florida can get offense going consistently with, with their offense, just genuinely. Missouri, I mean, first off, Tyron Hopper, man. What a what a gator he could have been. Mm. <laughs> he is he is breaking my heart. Just yep. I, it's great that he's succeeding. Um, his like entering the portal, coming back from the portal, entering the portal thing was one of the funniest sequences I've seen because it happened in like six hour span. Um, but but I think that he's the X factor for me here because I think that he is going. Missouri weaponizes him. That that's there's that's the only way to explain. It. They weaponized Tyron Hopper, and so he's the guy where I'm like, okay, Florida, you gotta, you have to be able to come make these plays against him because I think he's going to be coming downhill. I think it's going to be very tough for Florida to find some plays against because he's just, he's damn good. Like I, I don't know any other way to say it. He's, I get it. He's having a rougher year this year, but I think he's going to be the one that they're going to weaponize and bring into the box and and try to just 
you can suffocate this Florida Gators offense, really. You blitz, Florida's not winning their one-on-ones in pass protection. Guess what? They're also not winning their one-on-ones in run blocking. So I, I think that for me, it's just, do we see Missouri be uber aggressive at this point and just say, okay, like, like yes, we might lose on the outside. We might lose in, in coverage, but you got to have time to get the ball off. And, and, right. and that's what terrifies the crap out of me is that I think Missouri well, can just completely yeah. dominate. Missouri's corners have been really good this year too so that's the other thing is winning those matchups on the outside might not be so easy so I think Missouri is going to be aggressive defensively once again for sure and you know what let's make some aggressive predictions here coming up well maybe not aggressive but it it fit my theme that I was going with so let's just pretend that that was a good segue here but you know what let's segue into something else here before Brandon and I make our official picks for the ball game I want to tell you about prize picks which is the largest and easiest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and here's why it's the easiest in my humble opinion instead of having to go through a bajillion different combinations of contests you simply pick more or less with two to six combinations of players and by the way this can go across sports as well you can do college football one NBA the other for instance if you want to take Steph Curry to score more than 29 points and take, say, Brady Cook to throw for more than 250 rushing yards. Hey, they got you covered at prize picks. Though, frankly, lean toward the less. There's my hot tip for you. Everybody wants to go more. You should look for things that you like that are less. So here's what you need to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Brandon, I think it's time for us to make our final predictions here and I'm going to let you lead off. What are you thinking? How do you think this game's going to play out? I am going to go with, I mean, Missouri's winning. I, I think that we can both agree on that. And I think 80% of the listeners can agree with that. Um, and that's being very modest that it's just 80%. But I, I'm going to give Missouri a win that's 45 to, or 42, I'll say, to 34. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say a lot of points scored. Florida, I think you cover the spread because, again, I, I just, I, I think that they recognize how damn important this game is for them right now. And so I'm going to say, we'll say 42, 34 here, Missouri or Florida covers, but that over gets absolutely demolished. Just every Florida game. I know you like taking the under every Florida game just <laughs> take the over because it's smashing. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. In fact, I have the game going over as well. It's, by the way, the line's 11.5 over at FanDuel Sportsbook. The total, 58.5. I have it going slightly over as well, though I think Missouri's going to win a little bit more comfortably. I've got it 41 to 21. I just have the Gators scoring a little bit less than Brandon. That's our that's our difference here. I just think honestly a lot of it is based on what you said, Brandon, just that if the if the Tigers are going to bring pressure, you think the Gators maybe aren't quite up to up to the task here. So, that just tends to make me think the Tigers might win comfortably and simply because 
Well, the Tigers just seem to be getting better here. Like this month of November here, the last three, four weeks, you got one loss to Georgia and a pretty close one too, a competitive one down in Athens. Just beat the doors off of Tennessee last week. My only real fear for this game, I shouldn't say my only fear, but my biggest fear of this game is that everybody is patting Missouri on the back now and assuming that they're just going to win these last two ball games. Like you said, Brandon, if the Gators are going to be bowl eligible, they need to win one of these last two games. Well, Guess what? They got Florida State the last week. They're undefeated. So maybe this is actually their best shot, even though it's in Columbia. What do you think, Brandon? Do you think the Gators are going to be extra motivated here? Yeah, I I think they have to be extra motivated, especially because when you look at what Florida State's doing this week, they're playing North Alabama. I promise you they're spending a lot more time preparing for Florida right now than they are for North Alabama. So I I think you look at Florida State essentially having – not a bye week, of course, but but two weeks to really game plan and prepare sure. for Florida and try to pick apart that. Not that they necessarily need it. Um, I'm terrified of what Keon Coleman is going to do to this Florida Gators defense. But I think this is your best shot at bowl eligibility if you're Florida. And I, I said this once they lost to the Arkansas game or when, once they lost to Arkansas at home, I said, this this Missouri game is your best shot at bowl eligibility, and it's still not a good shot in any way, shape, or form. Like it's the best shot, but it's still like if you play this game ten times, I think Florida wins too. Like like it, it's it's that bad right now. So I think it's your best shot. I don't think it happens. I I don't know if Florida gets bowl eligible. I I don't think you get bowl eligible, but I think with Missouri they've just got too much going on. You can't key in on one specific part of their team because they could just bully you uh, up front if you're Florida. And I think that a lot of it is going to come down to, can you force Missouri to make a mistake? I mean, you've in recent weeks, Florida's gotten better at forcing takeaways and still not giving the ball away. But even then, I mean, this is a damn good Missouri team. Um, And I I don't know. I, I feel like with Cody Schrader, Larry Roundtree, every Missouri running back, they just look good in, in, in that black and yellow. And it just makes me be like, oh, like they're going to kick the crap out of us. Like, I, I just think that's what it is, really. I think it's just that beautiful color scheme. I, I think it's mostly that. But no, those are some really good running backs, too. And yeah, Cody Schrader, just an incredible story coming from Division Two Truman State in Kirksville, Missouri, for you Florida Gator fans out there. I know Missouri fans are very well of that story, very aware of that story. But yeah, he's just an easy kid to root for, no doubt about right? that. Yeah, he was a walk on, absolutely, and he's become possibly the first team All SEC rusher here. We'll we'll see what happens at the end of the season, but and we'll also see what happens on Saturday. Brandon, thanks for joining me on this crossover edition of Locked On Mizzou and Locked On Gators. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm addicted to pain. <laughs> That's all I got for you. I'm addicted to pain. Well, I don't think I can't think of any better way to go out than that. And I, I hope to be addicted to more of your pain come Saturday night. Thanks again. Brandon Olson. Find him on X at WNS underscore Brandon. And of course, you can follow Locked on Gators on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Thanks a lot, Brandon.